Behind the Wheel, a podcast exclusively created for our team. Stay up to date with the latest industry trends and company news directly from David Simon and the team. Whether you're a driver on the road, working in the office or on the floor, this podcast is just for you. So sit back, relax and get ready to discover something new. Behind the Wheel, episode number five, and we've got Mick, Mark, David, special guest Peter Tennyson, and uh, myself, Artie Almasi. Uh, we'll kick it off in uh, similar fashion to the last few. Pete's um, going to be up first, market update second, and we've got car talk at the end. What would be the, your number one tip you would give to a new staff member or someone wanting to start at Simon? Well, if they haven't been in the industry and they want to see what it's like, then they need to research um, because the transport logistics industry is different than anything else. It's um, a lot of people think it's still just truck drivers and forkies. And, and yes, yes, we have got those, of course. But there's a lot more to it than that. And, and, and the people sitting around this room all play different, completely different roles. We don't all drive trucks. <laughs> there's a lot more to it. So research about a business and so forth. But um, if they're coming to Simon National Carriers, jump on our website, look and seek and find and watch the videos and, and see whether you could um, work for this this type of company but it's um it's uh there's a lot more to it than just uh, driving trucks and just driving interstate so if you um, if you really want to get into the industry but also if you're already at working at Simons and you want to work your way up just, just work hard just put in and actually ask for extra responsibilities and, and say hey look any chance I could try that well that's what I kept on doing I kept on mm. yeah, just saying okay well I've completed that. What's next? And I just kept on working my way up and doing different roles within the business. So if Peter can do it, anyone can do it. Of course, yeah. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) 100%. What's the hardest role you've had? It's got to be sales, right? Just just sitting down with David. (laughs) Trying to get him to sign a, a contract on a new warehouse. That would have to be the hardest job. So you define that as a job specifically? 100%. 100%. Good thing about David is, and that's why we're so fortunate having him as our CEO, and, and Morgan Simon prior, even though I didn't know him for, for as long as uh, well, I know David, of course, is the um, Morgan's instilled his traits of um, integrity, honesty, which is just paramount. And, of course, uh, David's um, continued that along the way. And this is what it's like working for Simon National Carriers. At times over the years, it, you lose your way a little bit because the company's got bigger and bigger. You know, started off with X amount of people. Now we're up to 380 people or so. So during that time, the business just goes away a little bit and you go, oh, we're just starting to lose that. So then you pull it back again. And that's what's been happening in the last two years uh, with these... Um, uh, Operational Excellence Program? Yeah, that's it, David. Operational Excellence Programs. And, and, and it's bringing everyone back in saying, hey, these are our core values. This is what we stand for. This is what we expect from you, which is very important. Mm. Some really good points. So we'll touch on that throughout our podcast around the Simon Way, which is exactly what you're talking about. Um, the sessions we're having with our branches, our Operational Excellence Program, exactly what you're talking about. And a lot of it comes back to attitude and the cause that have been instilled from Morgan and, and now David that we, that we drive through. Can I talk about some good times? Yeah, do it. So yeah, well, that, which was, The was good times be, are yeah, go on, the please. sales managers meetings that we've had. The good times is the managers conference that we had and, and um, a little bit few and far between lately, of course, for obvious reasons, but uh, 1996 was my first one. Just got into sales and that's when um, I met 
everyone for the first time because we never flew around people there was no teams meetings and all that it was just over the phone so chris rose had just started mark had just started so we two went up and we just had a new state manager he came up to the conference and everyone's meeting each other first time i met all these people been working there for five years or a bit more first time i've seen them face to face so we're the last ones to to get up to the sunshine coast and uh thursday night and we're checking in about eight o'clock or so and yep yep here's your keys yep yep who am i with oh Bill Barwick. Uh. Okay, so I go upstairs, open up the door, and Bill's sitting there. There you go, mate. How's it going? What's it to you? I said, Oh, mate, just asking how you're going. Yeah, what's it to you? I said, oh, All right. This is okay, not mate. an exaggeration. All right, mate. No worries. I put my bag down. I said, uh, Which bed are you in? Well, which one do you think I'm having? I said, All right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, mate. No worries. And so he was closer to the window. He was a smoker. Yep, that's good. You stay over there. I'll stay over here underneath the air conditioning. Beautiful. All right, mate. I'll catch you later. And I just went out there, went downstairs and caught up and had beers with all these blokes. But I've got to say, the next uh, three days, two nights, um, I had a great time with Bill. I got in a little bit late the next morning, of course. Bill was fast asleep. And uh, when I got in, I staggered around a bit pitch dark. And oh, are you okay, mate? And I said, yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, well, make sure you have a drink of water and all that. Yeah, yeah, do that, yeah. And when I woke up in the morning, he woke up before me. Woke up, oh, yeah, what's it? He had a cup, yeah, mate, there you go. And he made a cup of tea for me. So, yeah, that's the that's yeah. Bill we all know, you know. Ever since then, I've always had a great relationship with Bill. That, that, that was good. But I've got to say the the conferences were the, the highlight. Everybody tests each other through the year, through every week, every day. There's always tension created with different needs and what one branch does impacts on another directly the next day. It's that chance to actually rebuild and re-establish relationships. Mm. And, yeah, they are important. Mm. And there's a bit of fun. Mm. We're a people business at the end of the day yeah. and it's, it's a big um, big part of that, what you're talking about, Pete. I suppose at the time of recording here, we've just had our first Sydney branch engagement session locally and at 12 months on from last year, looking at uh, how the team locally is interacting now versus, versus last year's session is chalk and cheese and, and, um, and we can start getting to a lot more detail of what we need to do. There's a, there's a lot more honesty. Uh, yeah, some of the things that came out, out of that, it was just people are getting stuck into the detail and being open with each other. In uh, something that will link through to a piece later on, we've got to tell you this as well, across our guests, your all-time favourite car, Pete. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, my favourite car, to my very first, my very first car I purchased was a 66 XR Falcon and um, had a V8, of course, 302. It had a Windsor in it at that time. Yeah. A Holly 500 racing cam. I whacked on extractors at a 9-inch limited slip diff. And it was navy blue, of course, and being a Carlton man, it was just beautiful. And um, did you say first car? Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, it's great. Oh, for a first car, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saved up for more. Parents buy it for you. No, oh, no, no. Not like today, eh? Hey? No. You got to buy your kids a oh, first car. No. Cost me seventeen fifty, one thousand seven hundred fifty dollars. Yeah. And I didn't have that money. I had some, so of course I went to the bank and I got conned. I got the loan. Have a guess what? It was a credit card loan. You're still paying it? Oh, yeah. So it took me about a year. And then so I what did it said, actually cost you? Are you paying 70? off these cars? Yeah, I'm paying $20 a week. Yeah, I was earning 80, 90 bucks a week or so. I said, it's just not going down. And he looked at this. He said, but it's a credit card. So it changed that over. And yeah, yeah, I got a personal loan at 3% instead of 18% or whatever. That's why you're not allowed to finance. <laughs> so I learned the hard way, but... Um, oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, we better wrap this up. Yes. Pete, yes. 30, 33 years. Thank you. Mm. Your mm. passion for us, for the customers, shows through every day. Uh, it's unrelenting, I guess, and that's mm. a fantastic attribute. Mm. Artie spoke about a lot of your other, just your persistence and other things. But thank you for that. Mm. For those that aren't aware, Chris, you mentioned Chris Rose. Chris Rose retired early June. Mm. Chris has Great. retired, so he mm. and Jewel, uh, yeah, looking forward to relaxing and enjoying a bit of retirement. I'd be Thanks, Peter. If I didn't say thank you to Simon Astrakaris and David, especially of course, um, over the over the, all, all these years, giving me the opportunity to move from from, from roll to roll. Sometimes I didn't even know I'd move from roll to roll, but um, and being able to um, do what I needed to do to get things done. Simple as that. Appreciate that, Dave. Thank you very much. Still, you still got me for a few more years. Don't think I'm going away anywhere many soon. Many more, Pete. Many more. Yes, yeah, yeah, so <laughs> Marianne would not. It's bad enough me being home for weekends. Seriously. All right, we could, we could be here all day. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, thanks for your time and uh, and and uh, spending it with us. No, worries. thanks, Hardy. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, Peter. We spoke about um, the bureaucracy and the amount of red tape around development sites or subdivisions, um, which is really going to take a long time to, to, to go through. We've, I suppose we've seen more public housing being delivered and there's more of those projects in the works. They're not um, big numbers, though. They're not big numbers and it's... That's a, a lot, lot of that, dollars, but it's not big numbers. And, and, and really comes through as a, a marketing front, really, to, to show you know, what, what's happening. The, the information we're getting back from our clients exposed in that space is that they see the most realistic solution to that being more apartment buildings and in the city as opposed to urban sprawl. That's something that will happen a a lot quicker. But when we say a lot quicker, these things take a long time to to put through and we're talking that from a year on onwards that we'll go through. Then relevant to that in some of our key markets, Brisbane probably one, is there are a lot of infrastructure projects leading into the Olympics through to 2032, which a lot are underway now, but uh, will continue to uh, pop up all the way through to, to the Olympics. Uh, I think we had one bit of feedback, Mark, where the, the analogy was there's a heap of cranes up in Gold Coast at the moment. They're about to start wrapping up and head straight to Brisbane, and that'll be it for the next 10 years, and, and away they go. Um, well, the unit approvals nationally, talking high-rise cranes, but they're back at the levels of 2010-11, just post-GFC when Australia was struggling a bit later than other countries around the world, and just above their low point, which was April 08, was about 10,000 units. Um, just two years ago, we were at 20,000 units, so we've half, we're doing half the half. number of units yep. of two years ago, mm. approvals. Units are one thing. They're a bit easier and quicker. You know, there's a long lead time, but mm. the process is there. The, the challenge with getting units off the ground the last couple of years has been unknown costs. So mm. yep. builders not wanting and builders backing away from quoting jobs mm. and developers not wanting to sign variable price contracts with steel prices rising, concrete prices rising, all the inputs rising. The, the one that's probably more concerned that Take, will take longer is the detached homes, individual homes, mm-hmm. and those numbers. Um, if you look at the actual numbers, we're at just over seven and a half thousand, eight thousand is the approval number for the last quarter. We haven't been that low, and, and we are pretty much at the low point hit in 2012 and 2008, um, coming off nearly 15, 14,000 two years ago. Mm back to 8,000 so it's they're very low numbers historical that shouldn't be as cyclical as this we've, we've really peaked and now really plummeted very mm. quickly mm. and that that is approvals it's it's local government 
approving things and there's still a big delay when you talk to developers. It was, this, it was an article I've partially read in line with that too, which is the other challenge around um, homes and where they're being built is a long way from where people actually work them. and where they want them, yeah. So there's one, so Sydney and Melbourne, there's a large share of approvals there but they're being, being built 50 k's away from the CBD. Yeah, um, Melbourne's... Really pushing out. That sprawl. The urban sprawl's going yeah. right out. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Uh, and that's where that concept of going up closer to the city really, really come, comes into play. But we shall see. Um, it, it'll, it'll play out. I think, the, again, the, the messaging here, either way, there's a problem to solve and we're linked to those sectors that uh, will grow uh, in line with that. Um, Westy, equipment. <coughs> You gave us the rundown over the last couple of pod- podcasts about what, what we had, but uh, I think now we're at a point, uh, uh, our line haul gear, we, would be, we really don't have any old gear left, right? Most of the vehicles would be under three-year-old on, on line, on line haul. Yeah, our fleet's yep. pretty pretty modern. Um, still got new fleet coming, as David spoke about you know, earlier on. Um, trailer supplies, things seem to be getting a lot better there. Yep. But, um there is one special vehicle to be delivered. There is. There is. Um, I don't know whether we should talk about it yet because it's. Uh, it is a surprise. It's a nice surprise. We know what it looks like. You know what it looks like now because you've seen a photo. But um, whether David wants to pass comment on that one, oh, I think we'll, David not seen it. What yeah, it looks like. No, David's, oh, yeah, okay. David's argued with us a lot about what it should be. And what <laughs> so it should you did be. put the fifty years on there, didn't you? No, <laughs> no, don't don't start, mate. Well, it's not that late being delivered. He'll <laughs> <laughs> stop smiling if you keep talking about fifty years. I gave up eighteen months ago. I think others kept trying. And I said, years. no, good luck. No, well, <laughs> Can't celebrate 50 years when you're nearly at 60. 60. No, we're going to have to get those brochures reprinted because they've got wrong dates on them, apparently. Uh, that is dad signed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there, is, there is a special truck coming that uh, yeah, reflects a bit of our history running to Darwin and uh, some of our early days, but we'll, yeah, you'll see more of that in the coming watch, months or so. I think I've learnt, I've learnt that now, though. Well, I've been using this in my pictures, so you can slam me now, David, but 1966 is when we first started running. 73 is established. 73, the company was established to give Dad a shareholding in the business, which already well and truly existed at that point. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a division of a timber and hardware business for the first seven years or so. Yeah. And Dad was just running that business, had no shareholding in it his father and uncles and grandfather, and 73, sorry, 74, um, there was a company established that gave him a 20% shareholding in that separate business that was just the transport. Yep. So, so 50 years. 50 years, yes, yeah, so I get out of that too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what calculator he uses, but... <laughs> So 2026 is the big one. That's Celebrating 60. 50 years since Dad was given a shareholder in the business <laughs> next year. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do that. Okay. All right. But yes, uh, so there's many reasons, obviously, why we have to refresh fleet. One of the key ones, though, not only that, but local trucks is the attraction to potential recruits. We've, we've spoken about how hard recruiting has been. Yeah, well, I mean, we spoke about volumes not dropping. <laughs> we see uh, some drops, some, some weeks, but that's about it. Predominantly, we're still seeing, you know, high volumes. Getting drivers is a challenge. Anything we can do to attract a driver, we're trying. But yeah, have, having a good, safe fleet is certainly part of that. And, um, and attracting drivers, which for some unknown reason, we've had a lot of applications this week, just out of the blue. Have you been advertising, Not, Paul? Don't know, what's, <laughs> no idea what's changed. Even in Sydney? 
No, not in Sydney, just Lion Hall. I think there's about eight or nine applications just from Melbourne. We haven't seen that for a long time. Predominantly, it's always Brisbane-based drivers, If you, which creates a problem for us. Yep. Because every week they're in Brisbane and every week we've got to get them out on a Monday and Tuesday. So there's a lot of challenges that we face. So we haven't done too many direct staff call-outs, but one I think that is worth mentioning, we speak about above the line and taking ownership, is Chopper and what he did recently on, on the recruitment drive. You know, talk to that, Westy. Yeah, so he... Um, Chopper, who's, who I suppose for everyone should... Jeff Burgess. people that don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jeff Burgess, yeah. our national line hall manager. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we, we call him Chop for reasons. <laughs> but... Um, he, uh, off his own bat, sent Mark and myself an email asking permission if it was okay that he uh, jumped in his own car and departed Brisbane on a on a Saturday morning, head down the Newell, stopping at all the service stations and uh, engaging with drivers there about you know coming on maybe coming to Simon's and, and talking to him. He set up a little little area and he was giving out pens and stubby holders and chatting to people and we spoke about speeds and ninety k's and the goods and the bads and why we do it and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, he, so he made his way down to, to Melbourne over about a three-day period with some success. And um, it was, it was you know, that that's above the line thinking. Mm. We're trying uh, all avenues all the time, but that was just one out of the bag that we thought, why not? What did it cost us extra? He asked for a fuel card to top his car up. Mm. Uh, you know, he used his own car, but that's what we did, and he did it. And there's results, so he's thinking outside the line and, and above the line. So that's, that's but we've got to try and be, you know, one step ahead of the game, but. It's yep. difficult. It is still difficult, but... And that's the only are, way to do it. Are, Left field. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we are seeing <laughs> stand the out from the crowd. That's somehow. Absolutely. And uh, and that's you know, it's just one example. There's, there's quite a few that are doing things differently to others to try and, uh, within the company, to try and stand out. But yep. I thought that was a really good example to show that. Yeah. And when you look at Jeff, he is that... The Simon Way uh, typical staff member that we talk about. Yep. And especially when it comes to above the line and, and taking ownership and responsibility. Staff as a whole, and we'll keep plugging this one until every single staff member knows about the referral program. We're going to send David break so we can <laughs> so we can make sure that we've got uh, as many people as possible that can keep keep uh, keep the work flowing. They asked me actually not to speak about it today because <laughs> when he found out it's going to cost him a bit. Uh, it sounds no, like there was one that has been introduced that nobody's noted, registered, <laughs> put their hand it, up for. It, it does happen. Um, yeah. yeah, it's probably not enough, but we, we, we do promote it. It's still there. If you know someone that wants to come into the industry, they fit the Simon way and they come in, they have an interview, they start and they're still here in six months, we pay that person. Whoever brought them on, so if Artie brings on... Nah, not Artie, we're not paying him. But um, if there's another forky board and a good forky into the business, they get a $500 bonus after six months. And if they're still here in 12 months, they get another $500 as an incentive to bring on people. There's a lot of people out there, they've got a lot of mates in the industry, drivers, forkies, warehouse staff, whoever. But there's a lot out there that we know all, I know a lot of people in the industry and, and I think probably everybody in this room does. So yeah, by selling it, I don't think we try, probably don't. We don't push it. We're always advertising it, but I don't yep. think it gets passed down the line. And we, we talk about that a little bit more. But we see, um, I think there's traction now, and that might be what's going on. That might be why. <laughs> the might be why we're program. seeing all these. Um, Chopper, Chopper introduced himself to a lot of people on, the, on his drive. Yeah, on his I think down I'm going to probably have to give him a ten grand bonus or something. You know, because <laughs> he's right. Hey, it's it might be him friends. that's doing all the. He might have gone down and paid them to come on board. So. I'll give you two hundred out of my five hundred as long as you start and stay. That's that's above the line thinking well, too. Yeah, you know? I suppose it'll still help him. Yeah, absolutely. It's not the Simon way. <laughs> so five 
five hundred dollars for a referral. Unless it's me, I get nothing. But Mark will get five hundred. I think you confirmed that <laughs> oh, last just, time. Yeah. Does David get five hundred? Apparently, I've got to take him out and spend it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I see how this worked. Yeah, mm. right. Yes, it's in house. Yeah, yeah, it's in house. Yeah. It no, David doesn't get it. So even if I take you out and spend it. Think about oh, it. I don't know. That's a bit rough. It is rough, yeah. is it rough? Yeah. Yeah. So five hundred dollars for a referral if they're relevant to the Simon Way applicant. Absolutely. And six month tenure. It's yep. five hundred to the person that referred them. Correct. All right. Very good. On we go to car talk now. Behind the wheel. Car talk. Here's a really important question. Ready? Yep. Does your wife experience exhilaration when she sits in the car or does she suffer from anxiety when she sits in the car? Oh, no, mate. She always drives. Yeah. Oh, that's Uh, that's the right option. Nicole is probably... (laughs) Won't let you. (laughs) I know where Dylan got it from. Let's just say that. Yeah. Nicole's had pretty... Be careful what you say here. No, we... Uh, You're on record. Yeah. yeah that, that, yes. That's cool. Oh, we uh, we actually spent one 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 afternoon, and uh, I won't tell you the location, but it wasn't Mills Road. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I taught her, with encouragement with my brother in the car, on how to do good skids. Mm. Yeah. So she, she drives... On a racetrack in control conditions. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Always in control conditions. Yes. No, she loves to drive the car. She'll quite often... Say, can I get the car out? And it's like, nah, I don't want to. What are you going to do when Sandown shuts down? Back to Mills Road. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what about um, favourite Australian car? Oh, We're all oh. ponies here. Yeah, I, oh, I, I, uh, I did have a Holden. I did have an LX Tirana, bright yellow, black pinstripes. Yeah. It was a six-cylinder. Yeah. That didn't last long. That came out again to help me brother. Yeah. And a bit of food. And got a replant with a 308, and that was sort of probably the first car that I actually started on. Yeah. But that was only a, like a partial build. The Mustang was a, for me, was a full, full rebuild. Full yeah. Rest, restore, yeah. Yeah. Pete, what's your favourite Australian car? Oh, if I had a choice, probably an XY GT. XY. Or an XB. Um, both my brothers had one, not the GTs, but um, XYs and XBs, and two beautiful cars. XB's mine. Yeah, XB. Or XC, B or C. Even the A, just that shape. X, A, B, C, those hard times. Well, you got it. one, Mark? Oh, I have to, you know, Nissan was one of our biggest customers yeah. over there, so you'd have to say a Nissan. Go to the Nissan. Uh, yeah, you know, like... Uh. <laughs> Three, 350. <laughs> they didn't make them here, though. No. Did they make it? I think, like the Pulsars and things like that, were they, or... I can't remember. Some Pulsar. Leaf. Pulsar. Bluebird. That's some, uh, the Bluebird. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pint- Bluebird, The yes. Pintaras were a quick Pintara. car. We yeah. had a lot of them. Yeah, Skylines. Skylines. Skylines, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Simon's, the managers had Pintaras. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah when we Skylines. Yep. Yeah. And then yeah. we got into the Maximas and the X-Trails and... Yeah. Maximas were good. And, yeah. Well, I had three, um, four. This Maximas. Maximas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. luxury. The X-Trails were yeah. not a good car. Like, we, we got rid of them. They had a lot of head problems. Yeah. Mm. Thanks, gents. That's uh, it's car talk done. Uh, look, if you do want us to talk about any specific cars or cover them or, or any other topics, let us know at uh, podcast at simon.com.au. Otherwise, that's podcast number five done and uh, plenty more to come. <laughs>